Howdy folks, welcome to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. You can tweet me at Teal Productions, T-E-A-L, any feedback that you might have. You can post on Facebook on the Teal Productions and or Lords of Order pages. You can email me at the Dr. Fate fan podcast at gmail.com. Leave comments on the website bigtimenoise.com slash drfate or go to the forums at justanotherfanboy.freeforums.net all for whatever feedback you may have. This is episode 135 of the show, the book Justice League of America 107, Justice League of America, the first volume. Cover dated September, October 1973, on sale June 5th, 1973. Crisis on Earth X is the title of the story. Now, this comes to us by way of Len Wein scripting, Dick Dillon penciling, Dick Giordano inking, Glennis Oliver coloring, and Ben Oda lettering. You can find it reprinted in Crisis on Multiple Earths from 2004, number 3. Showcase presents Justice League of America from 2013, number 6. Justice League of America, The Bronze Age Omnibus from 2017. Crisis on Multiple Earths from March 2022, number two. And we have a British reprint in Super Adventure Comics, number 68, for those of you that are so inclined. Now, our cover has the JLA, JSA members at the top, kind of amongst a smoky, cloudy backdrop. Sandman, Flash of Earth One, Superman of, again, I don't know well enough. I think that's probably Superman of Earth Two. Dr. Fate, Elongated Man, Batman, Green Lantern of Earth One, Black Canary. Below them, a new group. The Freedom Fighters, Human Bomb, Phantom Lady, Dollman, Uncle Sam, The Ray, and Black Condor. They are holding the planet Earth, and from the Earth is coming this cloudy, misty that is surrounding the JLA-JSA members. Batman, uh, Superman, who is in the foremost of the chevron of people, the way that they're standing. Uncle Sam, why have you summoned us to your Earth? Uncle Sam responds, to help us overthrow the Nazis who won World War II. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar, the Freedom Fighters, I believe, are a product of Fawcett, uh, the same people that brought you Plastic Man, brought you the Blackhawks. DC had purchased them, and this may be an appearance, or it's definitely an appearance, maybe their first appearance uh, in regular DC continuity. I'll have to check on that and get back to you. Our... Narrator is telling us presenting a milestone in the already amazing adventures of the Justice League of America. Featuring the dynamic return of six of the Golden Age's most exciting heroes, Uncle Sam, the Ray, Dollman, Black Condor, Human Bomb, and Phantom Lady, plus the annual visit of the Justice Society of America. And here we have the Freedom Fighters overlooking through the clouds, a scene where on the ground, several JLA, JSA members are fighting Nazi forces, including a giant Nazi tank. Come and be witnesses a baker's dozen of Earth's greatest heroes battle to save the soul of a nation and the future of a world. Crisis on Earth X. Now we open on Earth 2 where the Flash, Dr. Fate, Sandman, Our Man, and Superman are discussing a new device that is being set up and is getting ready to be tested. A device 
that will allow members of the JLA and JSA to travel to their alternate Earths at will, rather than waiting for that one point in time when the ability to travel is the easiest and traveling then, which is typically the time of our yearly team-ups. But this device will allow the members of one Earth, because the JLA on Earth-1 is building a similar device, and we'll get to that right after this in the next scene. It will allow members of either group to align the vibrational pattern of their atoms to that of the Earth to which they want to transport and transport there. Now we switch to the JLA of Earth-1, where we are told that 22,300 miles above Earth, oh my goodness, Red Tornado wants to be one of the first sent over because he was destroyed on Earth-2. Uh, actually, he was destroyed in between, uh, was resurrected on Earth-1, but actually belongs on Earth-2. So he is stuck right now. The, the last book we read, which was Justice League 102 or 103, 102, he was uh, destroyed and then in between 102 and 107, he has come back, I think in 105, 106, something like that. So he wants to test the device. Uh, here for the JLA, we have Green Lantern, Black Canary, Elongated Man, Flash, Batman, and Green Arrow. Green Lantern says, um, no can do. I don't understand this. We've run the test on inanimate objects, lab animals, and now with humans. But unfortunately, my android friend, you are not human. But wouldn't he be an inanimate object? So, I guess not. So Green Lantern says, no, it's too risky, and uh, Red Tornado goes off to sulk. Batman, Green Arrow, and Elongated Man are chosen to test it out. And Green Arrow says, make it quick before I catch pneumonia. There's a blasted breeze in this thing. Elongated Man says, a breeze in an airtight satellite arrow? You really are sick. So the device gets activated on Earth-1. On Earth-2, Sandman, Dr. Fate, and Superman are the test creatures there. It is activated. All six fuzzy fade out and are replaced by nothing because the three from Earth-1 and the three from Earth-2 disappear. So now, Black Canary, Flash, Green Lantern on Earth-1 Starman, Flash, and Hourman on Earth 2 are very confused, very concerned, and trying to figure out what the heck just happened. Meanwhile, Batman, Elongated Man, Green Arrow, Sandman, Dr. Fate, and Superman all materialize together, fortunately, on the same planet, along with Red Tornado. Red Tornado was the one on Earth 2 whirling invisibly creating the breeze that or on earth one that green arrow said he felt and so uh, he feels that he must have thrown things out of kilter by being there and wasn't accounted for as they're talking they see that they have been discovered by a squadron of rather large black ominous nazi tanks all bearing red circles with black swastikas on them the tanks stop achtung Costume strangers, you are under arrest in De Fuhrer's name. Surrender immediately, or our next burst will cut you in two. And Superman says, Ratsy, you have got to be kidding. The seven heroes attack. The standard shells, the standard bullets, whatever, just bouncing off Superman. Dr. Fate, using uh, some of his arcane knowledge, 
emits a mystic battering ram that he aims at one of the tanks. But the battering ram goes off kilter and knocks out Superman. And without their tank to fight for them, the other six members uh, slowly succumb until finally a device called the Cerebro gun is used by one of the tanks. And it basically shuts off everyone's body. Not their mind, they can still think and speak, but their body won't respond to their commands. We have an ad for the tank toy set and the Woods Edge toy set from our plastic uh, purveyors here, $1.69 each, and that would come to us from Helen of Toy Company in Comic New York, C-O-M-M-A-C-K. Well, as the Nazis are moving in to secure the JLAJSA members, the Freedom Fighters descend, Uncle Sam, Toy Man, Phantom Lady, the Ray, Black Condor, and the Human Bomb, and they quickly dispatch these Nazis. Grabbing up the other members, uh, the other superheroes, they all take them to their secret hideout, which is sequestered behind a Führer poster on the side of a building. Inside, though, counter to the Führer's picture on the outside in the alley, is a picture of a young Delanor Roosevelt, I believe, is who this is. Now the explanations must begin. Where are we? Who are you? How are the Nazis here in the U.S.? Etc., etc., etc. So Uncle Sam goes to explaining that, well, first of all, the Germans won the war. And he has uh, here in his mind people that have died in the fight, and they include the Black Hawks and Plastic Man, which we know uh, were purchased and became part of DC as well. All of Fawcett did, all the Fawcett characters. Then about five years ago, it was over, uh, the, the war, finally. The Führer's brain boys came up with the ultimate weapon, a mind control ray, that had the whole world eating out of their hand. All except of us. All except us. We've developed an immunity to the ray, and that's the seven members... One, two, three, four, five, six. Six members, excuse me, of the Freedom Force. Then Uncle Sam briefly tells each of the origins. Uh, Roy Lincoln, yada yada, is the human bomb. Daryl Dane, etc., is Dollman. Happy Terrell is the Ray. Tom Wright is the Black Condor. Sandra Knight is Phantom Lady. And Uncle Sam is Uncle Sam. Okay, so that tells us that. Now what do we do? And Fate comes up with the idea, well, my eldritch energies mightn't fare well or the great distances on this strange earth, but twill be little risk in feeding power to this pitiful excuse for a crystal ball. There. Now we need only combine our energies and concentrate, and that which we seek shall be revealed to us. Black Condor goes off saying, well, how can we trust you? We don't even know that you're not Nazis in disguise. And Uncle Sam steps up and says, uh-uh, lad, I trust him. And besides, how can we not afford to trust people now? Basically, what they're trying to do is find these devices that are controlling the minds of the people on the planet. The idea, I would imagine, and we find out, should they find the locations of these mind control devices, break up into teams, destroy the devices, the war is on its way, or the the Nazis are on their way to being defeated. The war is already over because the Germans won, or Nazis won, whichever. I guess Nazis, uh, uh, I suppose at this time we don't want to conflate the two. We want to keep them separate. So the Nazis won, and they have subjugated, I'm sure, the German people just like everyone else. So everyone, um, hold hands, um, focus on the sphere, um, 
And we see images of Mount Rushmore, Mount Kilimanjaro, and the Eiffel Tower, which presumably are three points. I don't know. I can kind of visualize that in my head. I don't know if they're like equidistant from each other and can broadcast coverage over the entire planet or not. I would have to think. Um, there would have to be points in the Southern Hemisphere that aren't covered by that. Just thinking off the top of my head. Because even if, or not Kilimanjaro, uh, Mount Fujiyama in Japan, even if Mount Fujiyama is on the southern side of the equator, it could not cover the whole globe in that Mount Rushmore and the Eiffel Tower are in the northern hemisphere, and so can cover the entire hemisphere east to west, equator to the North Pole. That's two. So even if Mount Fujiyama is south of the equator, it's only one, so it can't possibly cover everything east to west down to the South Pole. But I think that Mount Fujiyama is north of the equator. So that would put all three spots north of the equator, which means by the time you get down towards the South Pole, coverage would have to fuzz out, not be sufficient enough. And there are, you know, you've got, well, you've got Australia and New Zealand. You've got the southern tip of South America. So, hmm, I don't know. But they uh, break up into groups, except for Red Tornado. He is the one chosen to stay for monitor duty, and the teams break up and head out. We have a couple ads. One is for the Horror House product company, uh, just a series of products you can buy. The Weighted Wristlets, Trick Baseball, Monster Ghost, See Behind Glasses, Secret Spy Scope, etc., etc. And then half-page ad for comics themselves, uh, listing 81 different comic books that you can subscribe to, all for $3 a piece for a year. That's not bad. Superhero, mystery, romance, war, and adventure. Mystery has the most titles. It looks like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10, 11, 12, 13. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 13, 14, 17, 18. Nah, superheroes have 18, and then mystery with 13. So already superheroes are more. And then the bottom half is an ad for the new magazine of weird humor, Plop, from DC Comics. All right, our first group and first locale. Paris, group, Batman, the Ray, Dr. Fate, and the Human Bomb. So they're here uh, just outside of the Eiffel Tower, hiding in kind of an alley looking up at it. But they don't see anything, so they don't know where um, on the Eiffel Tower to aim for, where to go for. And it's because this close to the device, it is fuzzing up their mind, so they don't know exactly. They can't see where it is. But Batman figures that once we get close enough to it, who knows what that distance is, it will become apparent where it is, and we will know at that point and be able to act accordingly. First up is the Ray. He goes and takes out the visible guards, shouts down for the rest of the group to come up. But while he's waiting, one of the two guards that he supposedly took care of didn't go down quickly enough and has alerted a nearby cadre of guards, sending seven, eight more soldiers up to confront the Ray by himself while he is waiting for his compatriots, Batman, Human Bomb, and Dr. Fate to appear. Not doing too well. He's he's losing the battle. Meanwhile, we have a full-page ad for the Knight's allotment of plastic toys and the warship airplane allotment. The Let's see, they're called Gold Crown um, from the Helen of Toy Company, Comic New York. Helen of Toy, that, that's pretty funny. 
So the Ray uh, gets knocked out, and before the guards, though, can carry him off somewhere, Batman arrives on scene and attempts to even up the odds, then Dr. Fate, then the human bomb. So they take care of these guards, and the Ray wakens back up. They find a huge set here in the middle of the Eiffel Tower on the level that they're at. A huge set of doors they say are uh, six inch thick reinforced steel. So the human bomb takes care of that. He ingested an experimental compound that centered in his fists and from his hands he can emit tremendous amounts of explosive force. Kind of like Firestorm's Nemesis misty, uh, Plastique, I th- kind of like that. So that's that's what the human bomb can do. The ray can emit uh, energy from his hands and also emit the energy in such a way that allows him to fly like a, like a missile, like a light ray or a ray beam, whichever. Inside the room is a giant computer that looks like a big robot sitting with its fists on its knees. But it's an, it, well, as far as we can tell let me think no uh by the time they it it, it is just a computer it's not a a transformer so they step in but it it apparently has sensors and it senses what's going on and it's speaking out loud we're click alarm alarm intruders on premises activate defensive scanners and it does and it keeps talking and it scans the superheroes and assesses humanoid abilities superior but imperfect 576.34294 metric grams adaptoplasm should be sufficient quantity to eliminate humanoids without error. And it emits this this goo that forms into four large golem-like creatures, each of a single color, yellow, black, green, and red. So our four heroes face off. The human bomb starts first, attacks the green golem, which absorbs the impact of his punch and throws it back at the human bomb, catapulting him across the room. The yellow one grabs Batman uh, in a hold that he cannot escape. The black one attacks the ray, absorbing any of the energy that the ray is trying to emit against him. And the red one, who looks very much like a fire demon, attacks Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is kind of hesitant to use his magics because here on this Earth he can't control them 100%, as we found out when he took out Superman in the initial battle. He, he doesn't trust his magic, but he has no choice. So he tries to electro-zippy-whammy-zoomy shoot the fire demon. And the bolts of energy go around him, but they strike the demon, I believe I said it was green, yeah, that is attacking the human bomb, destroying that demon. So then, Dr. Fate realizes, ah, that's the key. Each one of these is keyed to a particular one of us. If we switch up batting partners, we'll be okay. So the bomb, a human bomb, immediately turns and attacks the black golem, attacking the ray, and takes him out. The ray attacks the yellow golden golem, um, attacking Batman, and takes him out. And Batman trips up and ultimately forces to uh, forces the red fire demon to foist on its own pit hard and kills it. But the computer is not done. Humanoids still function. Adaptoplasm ineffective. No defensive maneuver required. This mechanism must continue to function. If humanoids cannot be eliminated physically, they must be deactivated. 
Encephalo waves will halt all consciousness, mental activity, projection, complete immobility. And out comes this um, dish and emits this energy that causes all four of our heroes to scream out and succumb as the next panel we see them all standing at attention, uh, legs akimbo, arms to their sides. The robot drones on, and I'm not going to use that silly voice anymore. I'm sure it's kind of irritating. Uh, full ad or half page ad for Sea Monkeys, and then a half page ad for the Super Catalog, the Passaic Comic Catalog, number 10 from the Passaic Book Company of Passaic, New Jersey. I've never heard of that. Our 100 page illustrated catalog can turn an ordinary collection into a super collection or give you new collectors a super head start. Hmm. I've never heard of the Passaic Comic Catalog. Cool. I'll have to look and see if I can find any copies of that anywhere. Suddenly, as the computer is speaking, our four heroes just start walking up towards it, even though he is commanding them, telling them to stop. They continue, continue, continue until all four of them lay all eight hands crushingly on the computer, destroying it. And we find out that despite the fact that their bodies were under the control of the computer, they completed the mission by reflex action. I, I don't know who initiated, you know, how do you initiate the reflex action if your brain is turned off? But okay, so they were able to defeat the first computer, but then uh, momentarily they noticed that, well, there, there's no difference in what we see or hear or feel, which if it's a mind control ray and you had essentially defeated the ray to begin with, two of the members of the group are immune to it altogether anyways. How are you going to know that it's not controlling any of the regular people of society unless you go down amongst the regular people, right? So, yeah. So, uh, next up, we have Green Lantern of Earth-1 talking to Flash of Earth-2 as they're both trying to, you know, suss out, where's our peeps? They, they both have looked. They've both checked. They come to the conclusion that they must have all gone to another Earth, but um, do, do. Flash says our only hope of finding our... Um, not to a known world. Our only hope of finding them now is reversing the transmatters circuitry and fishing for them. Green Lantern says, what if the transmatters didn't send them anywhere? What if those we're searching for are already dead? Next issue, 13 Against the Earth. Next issue on sale during the first week in August. And then the bottom third of the page is an ad for the biggest bargain in comics. A hundred pages. Um, this particular one is Batman for 50 cents, but these are the 100-page super spectaculars that DC was putting out at this time for the different titles, uh, and Batman just happens to be the one here advertised. Letter page that includes letters from Ray Endelberg and Mike W. Barr, who some of you may recognize. I recognize as I enjoy Mr. Barr's writing quite a bit. Moving on, we have the prizes or cash ad from Olympic Sales Club of Enfield, Connecticut. And then I, uh, the inside back cover is the Universal Bodybuilding Power Program. You can send it to Dearborn, Michigan and get results like strong, powerful forearms, athletic legs, extra wide shoulders, etc., etc. There's 10 different things to choose from that you want to have. Outside back cover is a full page ad for the Daisy BB gun. Every boy dreams about these. So there we go. I never had one. But I, I was aware of them. And thus ends Justice League of America 107. So previously, we had the return 
or we had a, a story involving the seven soldiers of victory. I don't know if it was their actual return or not. And then this issue, we have the return of the freedom fighters. So that's kind of cool. We're getting into a lot of big moments in these JLA, JSA team-ups, right? The origin of the Earth-2 Red Tornado, uh, the death of Dinah Lance's husband, the moving of Dinah Lance from Earth-2 to Earth-1. A lot of big storylines that were uh, that continued on, right, in, in through through history that were used in these JLA JSA crossovers. So that's kind of cool. Even though you know we're we're in a period where Doctor Fate is not a a very prominent uh, member of the comic book community, he is showing up in significant ways and helping out with significant storylines that have lasting permanent effects. So that's that's cool to see. All right, next time out, Justice League of America 108, which will be the second part and finale of this story involving the Freedom Fighters. And we'll, we'll get to see him crush more ratsies, as Superman calls them. Looking forward to that, Earth X and Nazis and Freedom Fighters, and hopefully nobody dies. Uh, Red Tornado is back from having died the last time we considered one of these crossovers, so that's cool too. Alrighty, guys. I will talk to you again next time. Ciao.